What's going on, people? Thank you for tuning in once again. This week, we have Ken Wimberly on. You're saying to yourself, who is Ken Wimberly? Well, he designed an app, Legacy of Love, and it helps you diary, uh, set up a diary for your kids uh, of their life. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. And I think you're going to love the episode. You're going to love it so much that you're going to jump on Apple Podcasts and write us an awesome review. I know it. I can just feel it. Thanks for listening. Dads Worldwide. The first word in family management, family budgeting, insurance, bills, food, vacations, research and development, homework, emails, phone calls. Last week we tried to do an oil change and ended up with a new car. Security. Doors are locked. Windows shut. House alarm is set. Fingerless gloves. Dads worldwide. Loyal listeners, possibly you. Welcome to another episode of Dads Worldwide. I'm Brendan. And I'm Jason. Oh, today with us, very special guest. And I don't, I don't even know. I don't know how to, I can't, I don't think I can give it any any justice like we were just talking about the bio it's ken wimberly did i say it right yes sir all right um i yeah like i said your bio is it's breathtaking so the good and the bad so welcome welcome to the show (laughs) (laughs) thanks so much for having me i appreciate it Uh, much brendan he's poor guy's got to live up to it now yeah (laughs) I don't know if we have time to go through all of it. <laughs> um, no, uh, yes, thanks again. I I, uh, I I didn't realize who I was asking on to the show, to be perfectly honest. Uh, you, again, uh, reached out to me on Instagram. Well, well, I think uh, it, it was a quick message, just, hey, check out this thing. And uh, I checked it out. I checked out some of uh, your story. And uh, there was just one little thing that just gripped me. And it was the fact that you journaled uh, for your kids, um, each one of them. And it's, you plan on giving to giving it to them as a gift, uh, when they turn what 18 graduate from high school, graduate from high school, which my daughter does in June. Oh my God. So is this the first journal you're going to give away? It is. That's a baby right there. That, that itself, not your firstborn. I'm saying that journal, (laughs) the journal is, yeah, man, it's, it's been one of the coolest journeys of my life that, I mean, I started that she was one year old when I started writing stories to her. Wow. And I've gone back and reread, I'm actually kind of rebuilding her early journals right now into the app we created in the legacy of love. And uh, it's so interesting to just watch the, to, to, read the evolution of her life you know because i am so grateful that i thought to do this that many years ago um that i had kind of the insight that i probably wouldn't remember all of these little details that i would love to remember in the future and started that process because now when i go back and read just the little things it it warms my heart beyond measure and sometimes I read the big things I was reading just this weekend. 
Um, the stories, I mean, the shit times, the stories from when I was getting divorced from her mom and writing about my heart and what was happening at that time. And uh, man, so there's, there's all, there's the good, the bad and the ugly that's written in these, in these entries for my kids. And, uh, but what I believe is that that will have a more profound impact on them than anything they will ever receive in their life. And the really cool thing is that that will one day be passed down to my grandchildren and maybe my great children, grandchildren that I'll never know. Mm -hmm. And they'll get to see so much uh, insight into me as a father and, and my thoughts of my children. I, I don't know how you go back and read those things and, and not just get choked up. And, and uh, I don't know, I'd, I'd probably weep and ball just rereading some of the stuff, you know, especially, you know, 18 years of, of her life. Uh, that's, that's incredible. Absolutely incredible, Ken. A, a lot of it, I do get choked up. I'll go back and read it and, and I will. And some of it's just funny, you know, little kids will say the funniest shit. And oh, so, they do. Oh yeah. When I get to remember some of the funny things that they say, okay, I'll tell you a quick story about <laughs> one of my, one of my favorite entries that I came across this weekend when I was, because I was, I was really, I was going back to see how far I have in, in the Legacy of Love app that we created, how far back I have of grace. I, I've gone back for my 16-year-old son. I went all the way back. All of his entries are in there. Certainly my five-year-old, I've got everything in there from his sonogram. And, um, but with grace, I was going back and I don't know, she was 14, I think. So four years ago, we were driving around together and had gone into um, uh, REI uh, to uh, pick up a jacket that I'd ordered. Mm -hmm. And REI was in this new kind of cool lifestyle center that had just been built and they were still adding tenants into the center. And as we drove in there into the parking lot, Grace looked up at one of the new tenants moving in and she says, hey dad, we should, we should take Garfield there. And Garfield was our, um, he's like a 15 pound orange tabby kitty cat. <laughs> and I was like, huh, okay. And I pulled in the parking spot. I'll look up at the tenant she was pointing at. And I sat there and I thought for a minute, I'm like, all right, how do I, how do I say this? That will be funny and meaningful. And, and I, so I, I told Grace, I said, sweetheart, I said, they work on a different kind of kitty at that store. And she was just confused and looked at me. <laughs> You'll get it. And, <laughs> and then yeah, I, I let it just sit for a minute. And then I said, Grace, I said, it's a Brazilian waxing store. It, it was, it was called the pretty kitty had this slender, pink, <laughs> you know, icon there. And she laughed so hard. She turned beet red. And then I started laughing so hard. And we literally laughed until we cried right there mm -hmm. in, in the car. And that was one of the most magical moments of connection between the two of us um, that I could, she was old enough. I could kind of joke about something like that. Yeah. And we could bond and laugh over it. And that night when I got home, I, I wrote a story in her journal and I, and I actually took a picture of the logo before I left the store. And then I took a picture of our cat. And so I've got both of those pictures in there that she'll one day read. I guess she'll read it in a year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh, That's great. God. I mean, those memories, uh, I, I think you don't realize how quickly you forget and you don't, uh, 
yeah, well, you don't know that you forgot them until you go back and read them. Um, for, yeah, for me, I have eight years that I, I and I have an eight-year-old, a uh, five-year-old, soon to be six-year-old, and a 15-month-old. And when <laughs> when our baby came along, when Isabel came along, it was almost, you know, we're only, you know, four, four years removed from a baby, but we're like, it was like starting over again. You know, you just like, just completely forget everything. It's like, oh my God. So I can't even imagine, you know, especially when you're sleep deprived, you know? Um, so that, that first baby, like, I can't, I, I bet yeah. you, I can't remember half of, you know, half of what, uh, my, my wife's been really good. She's, she makes picture books and stuff like that, but that, um, but that's a, you know, that's a particular thing. I mean, writing down stories, uh, funny jokes. Oh, my kids are hilarious too. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm loving this app. Um, I, it, it's great. It is fantastic. So yeah, that's the, that, the funny stuff they say is the, the oh, yeah. best. I'm oh like, yeah. And, and like we, uh, and I'm uh, one to egg them on too. So hell yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like it's a duty. Totally. Right? It's a father's duty. Yeah. Well, yeah. When you can foster their humor, that's, yeah. that's, a, that's something that all of us should, you know, hope our kids have and yeah. it's a great sense of humor. Mm-hmm. So it's good stuff. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the dad questions. Uh, we, we usually get those right away, but man, yeah. uh, let's Jason, you want to start it off? Absolutely. Sure. So uh, Ken, let's start with this one. Uh, what family member of yours has been your greatest coach? My uncle, uh, my, yeah, my uncle Bobby has, my grandfather was a big mentor of mine early on. He was a successful, uh, owned a construction company, successful guy, but my uncle kind of picked up that torch when my grandfather passed away and he's been such a great role model for our entire family. So he definitely fills that role. That's awesome. Yeah, I was say a lot of times you, you know, a lot of people say, oh, their mom or their dad and stuff like that. I don't think I've ever heard that that answer, and that's uh, that's awesome. When I was growing up, I had a a lot stronger relationship with my aunts and uncles because we saw each other a lot more often when we were kids. We lived in the same state, and then, you know, as as life happens and everyone moves away, you know, just that that separation and stuff like yeah. that. But um, it makes you appreciate and cherish more those memories that you had and, and stuff. So, um, but thank you for sharing. That's awesome. Certainly. Yeah. What has been your proudest dad moment? And yeah, I know I, there's so much to choose I, from. I've got a lot, but I'll tell I, you, I'll, I'll, I, I can, I'll, I'll say this one's way up at the top. Um, 13 years old. So a year before the story I just told you, <laughs> sitting down at my desk in my home office, and Grace comes and sits down in my lap and she looks at me, puts her arms around me and says, Daddy, when I grow up, I want to marry a man just like you. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah. honey, we need to talk. <laughs> that <laughs> was proud as dad moment right there. I was like, oh my God, like literally tears in my eyes. I'm like, I, what I'm doing is working, right? It, it's, it matters. And then another proud dad moment is actually when my son started spitting off like numbers from real estate deals. And I was like, that son bitch is listening. (laughs) He heard me. He's actually (laughs) listening. Yeah, he's paying attention. That's good. That's great. 
it's funny because we know that they're listening, right? But like I, my daughter, she's seven and we read every night to her. You know, my, my wife's in there right now reading to her and uh, usually I do it at night. Um, so we ask her like, Taylor, why don't you read me a story? No, nah, I, I don't want to. I, I can't. I can't. But yet we know she can because you know, if we're not listening or paying attention, whenever we hear her reading to her stuffed animals and her dolls and stuff, it's like, okay, I know you know how. So it's just, yeah, having that come out and, and be like, see, I knew you were listening. Yeah. They are, and they're paying attention. And when it comes out, you're like, yes, <laughs> finally. <laughs> totally. Awesome. Um, ready for another question? You bet. Awesome. What's one thing you have enjoyed or enjoy doing with your father? Camping. Um, we loved to go camping as kids and that was a outdoor and nature and, and we didn't have a lot of money. It was just, we didn't need a lot of money to go camping, nope. go pitch a nope. tent and grab fishing rods. It was great. And that was a, today it's trees. golf. Today my, my dad and me and my son, golf together a lot and so that's been a really cool thing right there but when we were younger it was all about camping that's great you have three generations all doing uh, yeah that's uh that's fantastic i have so many pictures of us three generations golfing because it's i think that's just an amazing thing absolutely we actually just rediscovered camping uh this you know during the pandemic because um our little close-knit group of friends uh they were all including ourselves we're ready to go on vacation to you know resorts and stuff and when everything started shutting down we're like well you know still need to do something <laughs> uh so we, we said oh you camp and so my my wife uh her father had all this stuff from like 30 years ago still works Pet, the tent doesn't leak the, you know it's um so it's just yeah, a couple of, of families and us and uh we ended up doing it three times uh over the summer just had a blast already making plans for next year everyone's already looking at campers now it's like oh <laughs> but um yeah that, to experience that with your your dad that's that's awesome uh it's i'm hoping that the memories that my daughter has from this um and if we continue to do it uh i think she has a little bit more sense of independence when we're camping because we you know you're within a a safe area you can you can do a little bit more um i'm just hoping that she appreciates it later in life. I bet she will. I know it's those are my most treasured memories. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. You make those happy moments and that, that definitely rubs off. Definitely. Sure. Uh, what is one thing that, uh, I'm sorry. I completely spaced my question. <laughs> uh, what is, uh, the most important thing your dad passed on to you? <laughs> uh okay it's a funny story um <laughs> who's our audience on the podcast whoever wants to for, listen whoever wants to listen great for dads dear so um when i was i don't know i was like 13 years old and my mom was cleaning up my uh uh, my room and putting away my socks and underwear and she finds like a box of condoms in a drawer like I didn't know what the fuck to do with them at 13 years old right? <laughs> but, but they're there and uh, so 
she's freaking out. She calls my dad. My, my parents had divorced when I was very young. And so she calls my dad. She's like, you got to come handle this. <laughs> and so he comes over and he didn't know what the hell to do. He's like, oh man, you know, he's, you can imagine, right? You, you find oh, I don't want, I don't even but, want to think about it. No, that's <laughs> not a conversation that any of us want to have. Yeah. And, yeah. and so, you know, but the, the words of wisdom he gave me were really, really great. He said, uh, in essence, said, he said, son, you know, you're, I guess, you know, you're getting up that age and, you know, things are going to get curious and start things happening. And so, so I guess it's, you know, it's good you get condoms and being uh, careful. He, he said, but just promise me one thing. I was like, okay. He said, promise me you'll never tell a woman you love her just to get her to sleep with you. And I thought, wow, that has stuck with me all these years. And uh, then I have a totally great other story that goes down that with that advice that mm-hmm. kept me from having a really great night. But um, <laughs> so, so, but the advice was, it was solid, great advice right there. That is great advice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I was kind of make a, a light one, but uh, we'll stick with the heavy hitting questions here. Um, Two part question. How are you the most similar to your father? And how are you the most different from your father? Hmm. I think, you know what, most similar in that my father found the love of his life in his second marriage. Hmm. And it was not my mom. And um, it was, in fact, my stepmom that he married. And that was clearly the love of his life. And I think the same thing has happened in my life where my first marriage, uh, whom, whom I love her, she's a wonderful woman, the mother of my children, but we were not meant to be together. And, and was, you know, my wife now is the love of my life and my soulmate. So I think we're very similar in that way. Um, we're very dissimilar in that my father is super handy. He can fix freaking anything. He can, <laughs> like, I'm like, hey, uh, can you build me a ladder golf system next weekend? I've got it. You know, whatever I want, he can do. I am not at all handy. <laughs> so there's my dissimilar. As, I, as much as I want to be, uh, I, I, I think I'm handy. I, I can do it. I just have a hard time starting it. And the first call I always make is to my father. Uh, hey, can you help me out? Or what are you doing this weekend and stuff? And then um, I just, I have a hard time like starting the project because I, I tend to obsess. Overthinker. Overthink it. And yeah, just everything has to be perfect. Because in my line of work where um, in, in construction management slash design, uh, using computer programs where everything's perfect. So construction's really not perfect. Building things really isn't perfect, but never, no, never. So yeah. it, it's hard for me when, you know, a, a cut's not perfectly mitered or something. It's like, ah, the whole project's ruined. And, but <laughs> his, you know, he's been doing it for years and years. I don't even worry about it, you know, blah, blah, you know, whatever. And it's like, well, it looks great. Can't see it from my house, Jay. So <laughs> thanks. In Dad. any case, you're 27 steps ahead of me. that's awesome all right uh what is one book that you hid from your kids so you didn't have to read it anymore 
Um, Yeah. There's got to be at least one. I mean, there's got to be. Yeah, but it's not for like that reason. I was just tired of it. It was, uh, there was a book that um, my ex and I used to have for our kids and and they liked it. And it was, uh, maybe it was we hid it from ourselves because it was so freaking sad. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I have one of those. Oh, It it was about this. I almost burned that book. Mom that loved her son so much right there. She cradled and rocked him back. Yes, Yes. that's the book I almost burned. (laughs) I was so... Oh my God, it was so sad at the end. You know, he's holding his mom. I'm like, I would cry every time I read it. I was like, hey, we got to get rid of this book. I'm going to so, cry now. We we found out my dad had brain cancer and w- was like mind blowing. And then my wife is reading this book to the kids and I'm looking at her and she's crying. And I'm like, why are you crying? What is wrong? <laughs> like, like yeah. And it was just, we had no idea what was going to happen with my father for the most part. It was just kind of a, uh, but man, it was at that time it was a whirlwind emotion. So I apologize. But yeah, yeah, that book. Oh God. And we still have it. I'm just, ugh. I hate it. <laughs> so I don't have it for, for our five-year-old. I don't own that book anymore. I have no idea whatever happened to it. And I'm, I'm not going to go seek it out. I'm going to send you a copy, Ken. <laughs> I'm going to send you our copy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jason, you got one more? I'll do one more. I already know the answer to this, but I think it's a good segue. Um, so, Ken, uh, dad bod or fitness freak uh, fitness freak <laughs> and anyone that checks out your website or knows anything about you um w- would know the answer to that but i would love to hear the story of that transformation or where how you you decided when you you know one day that enough's enough and i'm going to make a change and and here we go yeah it i had evolved into a dad bod mm-hmm. is kind of one of the things that happened and i frankly I didn't even realize it. I just, I didn't. It was just. It sneaks up on you. It's who I had become. I, and that happened during my first marriage. Cause you know, I think my, um, I mean, I've always loved to cook. My ex, I love to cook now. My wife loves to cook now, but anyway, I just, my ex didn't work out a lot. And we, sometimes when you don't have like similar interests like that. So I was like, yeah, I just didn't end up working out a lot. And then I'm getting divorced and, um, at this time, when this transition started to happen, it was 2012, I was engaged um, to be remarried. And so I was, I was really happy. But again, I was just oblivious to my body and where I was at that state. Mm-hmm. And my son one night, who was eight years old, um, was walking by me in the living room and looks at me and he says, hey, dad, he goes, uh, your chest and your arms are looking pretty good. And I was like, well, hell yeah, they are. Hell yeah. Like, I still do some push-ups. <laughs> you know, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. And he looks down and goes, but your belly, not so much. <laughs> I was like, you little son of a bitch. <laughs> and, uh, but those were exactly the words I needed to hear to wake me up. And you know, so like that night, that weekend, I'm looking in the mirror and I'm like, who the hell are you? Uh, you know, look down. I'm like, where the hell's my Johnson beneath that belly down there? And it's just, I know I've got toes down there. I know. Totally, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I'm like, this is not 
who I really remembered myself in my head being. Mm -hmm. And so that started me off. That was August 2012. The comment was July 2012 when it happened. And I I made a commitment starting in August. I said, I am going to make a transformation. It was interesting because I made like a a three-way commitment. I committed to my health and wellness through, through paying attention to what I was eating and exercising daily. Um, I made a commitment to growing my business and really kind of scaling my business in the real estate business. So all right, I'm going to scale my commercial brokerage business. And I made a commitment to paying off debt. At that time, we had $352,000 in debt. And I know that because we, and we were living in an apartment, no mortgage. Okay. And, and, and I know that because we were engaged to be married. Like, Hey, we should probably take our financial house in order and, and take stock of where we are. We're like, Holy shit. <laughs> and so in, did we do that? <laughs> yeah. And, and a lot of it was mine that I get, like my wife had all their, my now wife had all these little bullshit things, but mine were the big ones. Like she had more in, in number like uh, of items, but I had much more in number of dollars. And, uh, so I made this commitment. So we're going to pay off the debt. We're going to scale the business and I'm going to be healthy, lose weight. And, and what started, I did a 90 day for, for the health and fitness. I started with a 90 day commitment to exercise every day. Cause for me to build a habit, if I do something for 90 days consecutively, that's usually about the right number that starts working. You know, Gary Keller wrote his one thing book. It's around 66 days on average. But for me, it was, it's always been more of that 90, 100 days. And so I, we lived in an apartment at the time and they had a little gym with a, a treadmill and elliptical machine at it and, and some weights. And all I did for 90 days was I got on the elliptical machine for 30 minutes a day and just started cranking it. And I, it had a little heart monitor on the thing. And so I could tell I'd get my heart rate up to about 130 plus right there. And that's all I did was elliptical. And after 90 days, I started um, cranking in some more push-ups and sit-ups into us. All right, I'm going to start at, layering that into it. And I kind of kept that process going. After the 90 days, I started throttling back from every single day to, you know, five days a week type plan. And uh, over the course of two years, we paid off every penny of that $350,000 in debt. I scaled my business from, I went up basically five-fold, 500% in my business and um that's how we paid off the debt and then uh that helps i lost 50 pounds of weight i lost the first 25 pounds in that first 90 days and then the the next kind of came over time as i started implementing different things in the way i was eating and paying attention to what I was nutrition's eating. huge yeah it, 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 yeah huge yep i don't know the exact percentage but you know i i wouldn't be surprised like 80 20 right 80 percent's the the diet and 20 percent's the exercise and it's I, I, you know, a lot of people that I talk to and myself included, it's, it, I never seem to be able to put both of them together. It's, it's one or the other that's happening at the same time. And, and I think it's a lot of people's, you know, a lot of people that I talk to and help coach, right. I, I'm not a licensed or professional or anything like that, but yeah. to be dangerous to, and, and I love teaching and helping people, but um, you know, they said, well, you know, I, I exercise all the time. I said, well, what's your diet? Like, Oh, you know, this, that. And it's like, that, that's, Part of the problem right there. I only had one Twinkie per day. Hour. <laughs> well, Jesse Itzler has a great quote, and uh, I'm a huge Jesse Itzler fan. And he says, "You can be fit 
without being healthy, but you can't be healthy without being fit. Hmm. I was like, damn, that's good yeah. Jedi shit right there. You know, that's good stuff. Mind bending. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. But it's true stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So that 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 got me kicked off on the fitness journey, and that's um, led to Tough Mudders. I, so I did my first Tough Mudder in 2012. I've now done 10 of those. I was doing about two a year for a while and then got off track. I was going to be two more this year, but huh, damn yeah. COVID. Yeah, yeah. And, and so that derailed it. But uh, so I've done 10 Tough Mudders and then about... Uh, uh, well, a little over a year, almost two years ago, December, 2018, I, I, well, go back several years, 2015 or so, I saw a Kevin Hart Nike video, mm-hmm. which was really kick-ass. It's, it's him working out, doing all this stuff. And he kind of makes some comments about 365 days a year, no days off, no excuses. I'm like, man, I'd like to have that kind of level of dedication. And late 2018, I said, you know what? I'm going to do that. I'm going to work out every single day in 2019 and um and i did i made the commitment in 2018 i worked out every day i did all isometric body exercises push-ups abs squats lunges dips pull-ups that kind of stuff and then uh i i i just i did a progression from 400 reps a day in january all the way up to 1500 reps a day i was going up 100 a month um in December. And so it was bananas. It's been like an hour and 20 minutes of just nonstop reps and every day in December. Uh, and then I throttled way back this year, as far as the number of reps and stuff, because that was just crazy. Yeah, um, two hours of <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. That's but nuts. what I do now this year has been interesting. I said, yeah, I'm going to make running, walking, hiking, more of my focal point. I'll still do reps, but not near the, as many as doing. And so I'm on track. By the end of this year, I will have surpassed a thousand miles nice. of running, walking, hiking this year. So that's and and I've con- consistently gone every single day. I'm on day seven hundred and something now awesome. of, of exercise. That's awesome. So, I, so for people that say they don't have time, yeah, to to do stuff like that, I mean, I would just send them your way and, and say, hey, look, this guy is, has three kids owns his own business and oh yeah by the way he works out like a fiend so no excuse right that's inspiration right there and that that's today all. today was a great example i mean it was 34 degrees this morning it was cold and i knew that we had this deal this evening so when i was gonna be uh out there getting a, a evening workout so i laced him up yep hit the road 34 degrees and it's so all good the the commitment level, right? Your the the way you're wired is that is that just the way you are? Do you do you feel that some of it's your military background? That's just you know if you commit to something, it's you know how, how does that work for you? How do you how do you stay committed every single day doing that? It's an evolution. I don't think it's. It, I mean, obviously, I went for many years after my military career where I was not that committed, mm-hmm. and so it's an evolution. And I'll tell you. The biggest thing where I think it's had an effect on me is um, I, you know, I, I credit Gary Keller for waking me up to this concept of having a, a big why in your life or a purpose in one's life. Because 
to be quite honest, before 2010, when I heard him talking about that on stage, I had never heard that concept before. I just didn't grow up with people talking like that. And um, other than seeing the book, The Purpose Driven Life, which I didn't read, I just saw the cover. I, I'd never heard of that concept. And, that sounds nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, right and, but I, I heard that in 2010 and it got me thinking. It took me about two years until 2012 to understand what my purpose was. And that's a lot of soul searching to that time to think. And, and when I came up with what that was, I thought all along it had, it's got to be something to do with my kids, right? But, but just to say my kids are my purpose sounded very surface and, and esoteric right there. So I said, all right, well, what is it? And I, and I kind of came up with it. It's to be the best possible example I can for my children, my wife, and for others that might be looking to me for inspiration that I don't even know they're watching. And, and that's in all aspects of my life. And that's in health and fitness, adventure, business and personal finance, in leadership and personal development. It's in love, it's in spirituality, and all those aspects was to be that best version defining that is what helped to set me on this journey of where I am today. And I think that's, what's also helped me to um, go on this level of commitment. It's as much as anything, it's to prove to myself what can be done and then to show to others what's possible as well. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I, I don't like to fail. So that, so once I commit, once I say it out loud, I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. I'm doing it. And I, I like to, to me that does, that's not, that's not even an option. And I think that's a lot, big reason why I don't start certain things, yeah. which is also, <laughs> also bad. Right. You know, you're going to commit and finish it. And that's right. So. Yeah. And so, you know, so I'm, yeah. So I, I, I think that's also, but also it's a, but it's also bad to not start certain things be, because you, you know, sure. you, you back of your head, you're like, yeah, you're not doing that. <laughs> you know, you're, you know, you talk yourself out of it. So. Yeah. Well, I'm a, I'm a big fan of people doing what the hell they say they're going to do. And when people talk a big game and they just never show up, it drives me mad. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Drives me batty. Uh, and uh, Jason and I both, both work in the trades and, you get that a lot. You get people coming in for job interviews and that type of thing. And you're in real estate. So I'm sure you've dealt with people in the trades um, and people will talk up. A, that is one thing that I hate dealing with in the trades is the ego because people come in, they're like, Oh, I'm, I'm so good. I do this. I do that. I can, Oh yeah, I can handle that. And then all of a sudden, you know, you work with them for a couple months. You're like, Nope. They lied. <laughs> they just, they flat out lied. You know. Yeah. I went to <laughs> I went to military school in Missouri, and Missouri is the show me state. So that's what I'm always telling. Like, don't don't tell me. Show me. Show me. me. Right? Yeah. Just show it's, me. It's don't, true. Don't, and sometimes I even have to tell my wife that she's like, "Oh, I'm going to do this workout plan. I'm going to do this." I'm like, "Please just don't. <laughs> just just do <laughs> Please it. Don't say it. Let's, let's Nike show this one. Do it, just do it, or, or don't say it. Okay." <laughs> That's great. <laughs> is what it is. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. One last question, Ken. It just, it is the question. Um, I don't know why it's the question, <laughs> but it's definitely the question. So. Now I'm nervous. I, the, 
I mean, your answer hinges on everything at this point. So don't be nervous. No, you're good. You're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, is a hot dog a sandwich? <laughs> okay, so uh, for people that can't see that, there's a confused look on Ken's face. <laughs> so the short answer is no, a hot dog is not a sandwich. And I have lived on hot dogs for multiple years of my life. So, well, I, if anyone would know. Yeah, a hot dog is a hot dog, and it's it's great and disgusting. And it's great and disgusting. Yeah, yeah, it's great yeah. and disgusting. Yeah. And uh, so I make homemade salsa, uh, probably five batches a week. I make um, because I eat so much of it is the problem. That's why I have to run so much. By the way, guys, I think uh, we're soulmates, Ken. <laughs> Because I eat about that much salsa. <laughs> it's, it's my so, undoing. It is my undoing. I, I could live for years on hot dogs and <laughs> chips and salsa. <laughs> and I have lived as a bachelor yeah, yeah, for yeah. years on that. You throw some mac and cheese in there every now and then for good uh, yeah, measure. Just to mix it up, you know? Yeah, yeah. 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 On the hot dog? Hmm? Do you oh, put- here we go. On the hot dog? Salsa on the hot dog. Yeah, good question. No, that is a good question. No, on my hot dog, I'm pretty simple. It's just mustard and, and uh, melted cheddar cheese on it right there. Mm-hmm. And I'm just golden. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to, because I think our listeners know my- you know where Jason's stance is. Yeah, about that whole thing. So, yeah. but I will say, craziest thing I have put on a hot dog is pineapples. So a hot dog with pineapples on it. I love pineapple, so I'd be game for that. Speaking of mac and cheese, I had a mac and cheese hot dog. <laughs> so they just take a hot dog and they just spread mac and cheese on top of it. <laughs> That's hey, when you're three sheets to the wind, let's be serious. You'll try anything, right? Exactly. So. Now I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> 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 salsa in your desk or something <laughs> no but i've got it at home so when i slide back home i'm gonna we, we made a, a got a really good recipe for beer chili Ooh. and i made a big old pot of beer chili a couple nights ago so we're gonna have that for leftovers tonight and some chips and salsa that'll be my this dinner. is the reason i i miss the southwest i just the tacos the salsa uh so the place i was in new mexico and that's i mean new mexico is known for green chili and I'll tell you what, you haven't had anything until you've had green chili salsa. It is amazing. And the heat will burn your socks off, but it tastes so good. It's just, I'm, my mouth is watering right now <laughs> as I'm talking. Yeah, I, I miss it so much. And for a while, we were getting it shipped to us. Yeah, We, we had to buy like uh, two dozen bottles to get free shipping. So <laughs> we're spending like $200 on salsa <laughs> just, to get, just to get it to- is that that's wrong? my habit that's my habit no it's not wrong it's not, it's not. No, it is. <laughs> oh that's great all right so uh in the beginning i mentioned an app that you were you had started uh, and now so you're journaling with your for your kids for yourself and for your kids let's be serious it's for both right right yeah absolutely and um no actually a quick question are you going to keep a copy of Hundred percent. So, yeah. especially now, yes, I would. I had always envisioned that I would keep a copy because it's 
I mean, just like you said, it's as much for me as it ever is for them. Um, and certainly now that we've developed it into an app, it will be, I will kind of export and give them the, so now what I will do is I'll export, give my children whatever is written up until that high school graduation. I will continue writing to my children throughout my life. And when I die, it will be my final parting words to my kids. That is phenomenal. That, <laughs> that is so good. Ah, man, I love it. Yeah. Uh, uh, Okay, so what was the evolution? So you're you're journaling every day, uh, you're writing, and what gave you that aha moment? Like, I other people need to do this, yeah. and we can do it electronically. It was a long journey, and, and I started just in a Word doc, is what I did. And I, you know, I, I thought I was like, okay, do I write in a physical pen and paper journal? That's what or, I was picturing, honestly. <laughs> or do I do it yeah. digitally? That's kind of it. And I said, you know what? I can type faster than I can write pen yeah. and paper. So yeah. I said, I'm going to do it digitally. So I did it in a Word doc for many years, and then I started using Evernote for note taking. Yep. Around 2012, and so I had kind of transitioned you know, from a word doc into Evernote. So I'll just, I'll put, I'll save everything into Evernote. And I did that for a few years, but it's interesting because I've read back and as early as 2012, I had written a journal entry to the kids and um, had kind of told them, oh, I was, I, I'm going to create a product out of what I've been doing. Because what happened to, to get to your question there is just over the years, I told dozens and then many dozens of a lot of dads and then moms too about hey here's what i'm doing it's something you might think about doing something like this for your kids and more and more people started doing it and then they would you know, some people would do it be a physical pen to paper and it was so rewarding for me because people would text me pictures of their journal entries where they'd screenshot pictures of theirs and send it to me and they're like ken this means more to me than anything I've ever done. This is absolutely amazing. And so it, it started dawning on me that this was kind of an important thing, not just for me, but for other people. And eventually people started encouraging me They're like, dude, you should actually build something to make it easier for the rest of us to, to do this. I would like you to do most of the work, Ken, please. If only I knew. Do the heavy lifting, man. If, if only. I, and it's a, yeah, that's people are like, you should build something and, and make it like the easy button for people. And so I, you know, I, I thought about it as early as 2012, but honestly, um, like I mentioned, I, I'd started scaling my real estate business big time at that point. And it took until, probably late 2017 to free up the bandwidth and have the space in my life where I could commit the time to building something. And so starting in 20, is that when you stopped working out 120 minutes a day? Um, no, no, I actually, no. I, <laughs> I actually started during this whole process oh, is a crazy thing. So yeah. So for anyone that says I don't have the time, please just give me a call. I'd love to yeah. talk to you about that. Yeah. Uh, I sleep at least seven hours a night. Um, I, uh, Hal Elrod is a friend. I don't know if you know Hal Elrod wrote the miracle morning, but he's a friend. And, um, something I learned from Hal was the importance of at least seven hours of, of 
night um, for sleep because your body can't make it up. You can't just, oh, I'll sleep late on the weekend. It, it, that, healing pro that healing process is huge and yeah. sleep is part of it. Yep. And so I do what I don't do or, or the thing that gets eliminated, right? So I get up at 345 most mornings. Is, and so in order to do that, I have to go to bed by 9 p.m. at night. And um, so I, you know, I'm not a, first of all, I quit watching the news and junk TV many, many years ago. That shit's out of my life. So there's 30 minutes to an hour a day that's out of my life. And um, the only thing I watch on TV, we watch like Netflix and Hulu and yep. funny shows that we watch yep. together as a family. Um, and right now we're watching a Christmas movie pretty much every night. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it, it, we, and we, it's so cool. We watch with our, with our five-year-old. We're just exposing him to all these cool different movies. And, um, but so anyway, I finally <laughs> freed up the bandwidth in my life to create Legacy in, in late 2017. I started it in 2018 and um, kind of released our beta version in uh, 2019. And that's now evolved. And, and, and man, so many things you think, well, why didn't I know then what I know now? Yeah. <laughs> um, like I, I thought, oh, we're going to be just like kind of Evernote. We're going to be cross-platform where I can do it on a computer, on a tablet, on an iPhone, on an Android. Um, I wish someone would have slapped me in the face long ago and said, dude, you don't have the funding of Evernote. <laughs> but I didn't know better. I was just oblivious to that. And so now I'm kind of backtracking. I'm like, okay, yeah, we're going to scale. We're back. just going to ease into this. <laughs> well, of course, I went all out and it was a cluster up is, is what it was. And so now we're, we're scaling back a little bit. But our, our iOS and Android app are really sharp right now. And so we're making some tweaks into it to uh, make a more engaged onboarding flow. But again, it's all stuff that... I've never built an app before. This is all new to me. Uh, yeah. This is so for for most people that have never built an app, you look at it, and go, wow, that's really cool. But uh, now that I'm talking to more and more like savvy app people, like, dude, your app sucks. You need to do this and this and this. And so <laughs> anyway, I'm working on it. it, it I mean, it's I, I haven't I haven't uh, done a lot in it, but the initial questions when you come in, you get to answer some initial questions, and then you just start making posts and. I, what more do they, I don't know what more do they expect. I, I think it's pretty good. I, and I love the, the, I love the idea of it. It's, I mean, cause it's, it is, you're always carrying your phone. You're always taking pictures of your children. You're always, and it's so, it would be so easy to just, when you snap that photo and write a, write, write a quick note or something like that, you know, or, or at least be able to snap the photo and then, you know, remember it later that night. You know, and go and go back, and because you don't want to be on your phone all the time when you got the, you know, you're you're supposed to be spe spending time with the children and not right. on your phone. But That's, if I can dial in, not if when when we start to dial in that kind of stuff, even better. Just like you said, let's say you're at a your kid's birthday party. It was because Google knows, right? Google, your phone knows. Hey, you just you're at a birthday party because there was a cake, there was candles, there was this, there was this. And if I can dial in the intelligence to then maybe remind you if you haven't made a journal entry in the next couple of days, hey, looks like you were at a birthday party. Care to make an entry? Um, that's so creepy. Yeah. It's <laughs> and that's what you have to be careful of too. Right? Yeah. You don't want to be cyber stalking everybody. The, the, the technology is there, but you don't want to offend people by saying, hey, your phone knows everything about you. So it's there's a very balance between subtlety and you being able to remind someone about the important moments that are happening. So on that, a, a little bit too, is what, 
not not simplicity, but for, for me, when I use computer programs, if I have to go more than like three clicks to get to what I'm at, it's a waste of time, right? So having something that is is as simple as just a couple clicks and a little entry or a little blurb and stuff like that, um, I think more people are apt to use it if if the interface is easy and it's easy to use and you're not going through 16,000 different layers to get where you're at. Um, so, you know, it's helpful. You want people to use it, so it's got to be easy. Um, yeah. Well, that's that's my objective is to make this like the easy button for parents and grandparents to, you know, capture moments, memories, lessons, things they want to pass down to their kids. So I, how does one... What would be some advice you would give to those that are thinking about journal, but they are, are, are afraid to start or think that they are good enough to, you know, capture in a very Shakespearean way? How, what would be some advice to get people to just just to try it? My, my biggest thing is is just um, I, I've always said that and I'm, I'm shifting a little bit like to, to, to get someone in, if I were trying to get myself into the habit of it. I would advise me, uh, I'd say, Ken, just make 10 entries, right? Just whatever you want to talk about, whatever your kid said that's funny, um, whatever sports they like or they don't like, um, tell them about when you were a kid and who your best friend was. And that may be something I put in the onboarding flow here is prompts for 10, your first 10 entries right there. And, and I would encourage someone to make 10. And then after that, it's just, commit to this is what I did. And so for me, it was I committed just once a month. If I if I could write at least once a month per child, then over time, there would be lots of stories. And sure enough, right now, I was looking at like Knox, my six year old, I've got 200 entries I've written for, for him. Wow. And it's just, but it's over time, I've, I've written a bunch of entries there. Yeah. And, um, and, it, and it, my Thing with him for many many years now i'm writing about once a week to each child but back then it was once a month or maybe once every two or three months if i slipped up and then i'd get caught up a little bit yeah oh see if i was picturing you doing it every day to, no. to me that would be overwhelming and i was like oh man i was like i don't know if i could do that like i just that, you know, yeah. no no and that's what i want to encourage people is is don't because when something is overwhelming we won't do it when something is simple or easy We'll, we'll make it happen. And so make it simple. You know, I, I like the, you know, make 10 entries and get in the habit, but after that, just make one a month, just yep. make one a month. You can do that. And in fact, you can set reminders in the app that will tell you, Hey, remind me if I haven't made an entry in the past month. And, 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 and then it will just remind you, Hey, it's yep. time to write about grace. You're like, Oh yeah, it is. That, okay. yeah. <laughs> That's right. I'm glad you, you said that Brendan, because, uh, I was thinking the same thing that it was like, it, I will, if I'm going to commit and do it every day and stuff like that, it's, it's, you know, another thing and out it, but I want to make the time for it. But if it's, you know, I'm thinking, you, you know, maybe just once a week or, or even like you said, once a month, it, it does add up. So, um, you know, for all the listeners out there, they're going to try it. Just, just start, right. Just do it. There are 24 usable hours in a day. You can carve out a few minutes to, write something it's going to be so profound so important in the years you might not think about it at the time but 18 years from now when you're looking back at it oh my gosh yeah what a what a blessing i'll tell you a couple of things um 
one is for the folks that have older kids that, you know, maybe they're high school age and, and older and they're like, oh, it's too late for me. Um, I'll share a couple of things. One, imagine if you had received from your parents um, just three or four years worth of their, or one year or you know, 10 stories that they had written. Imagine if you just got 10 stories and then imagine further, what if they passed away? Right. And, and, and you had that um, from your parents. I mean, that is a gift um, that, and we didn't talk about one of, one of the early inspirations for me doing this for my kids was my stepmom. Um, again, I said my dad's second marriage was the love of his life. And that was Donna. And Donna gave me um, on my birthday one year, she gave me a, a scrapbook, like a physical scrapbook that had the story of my life from the very first picture in there was my baby picture in the hospital mm -hmm. on through my early childhood and adolescence family members that have long since passed away. Um, the camping trips we would take and the jokes we would, I mean, it was all kind of chronicled in this book with handwritten notes and stories. And she would write notes about the funny shit that my dad would say. And, <laughs> and that was the most meaningful, beautiful, impactful gift to this day that I've ever received. And two years after she gave it to me, she died from bone cancer. Oh, and today that serves as a living testament to her love. Yeah. And so that was one of the things that I was like, I, I want something that can be my version of that for my kids. So was that your inspiration to start journaling? There were two things and that was, that was a big one right there. And yeah. the other inspiration was um, my attorney at the time. I was kind of friendly with my uh, uh, attorney. was my attorney and CPA. I went to visit him um, one time and my daughter was just one. Knox was still in the way. This is right before I started journaling. His, his was kind of the thing that the, the tipping point. And he said, let me share with you what I do for my kids. He had two young um elementary school age boys at the time. And I mean, this was 2003. Okay. And so he shot a ton of video way pre iPhone days is like handheld. He still know. had the, he still had the video. totally the hold it on your shoulder thing, but he, he, he shot a ton of video in his family. And at the end of each year, this is a beautiful thing for each one of his boys. He would splice together one minute of video per month for each boy put a soundtrack to it, burn oh, it on a DVD, my and give them a, this is your life in 12 minutes in 2003. Right. Um, wow. And that one blew me away, but I was like, oh shit, I don't even own a video camera. I certainly don't know how to edit video. Yeah. That's impressive. Right. Yeah. And, but that's what got me thinking. I was like, and I'm not a scrapbooker, but what could I do? I was like, well, I can, write down some stories, right? That's easy enough. Yeah. I can at least write down stories. So the first two or three years of my journal entries have no photos, no, no media. And I didn't even know you could put a photo in a word document. Yeah. Uh, I learned that years later. Right. <laughs> and, and so the first couple of years, it's just me writing some stories, but um, those stories will have value. Now, now it's even better, right? Cause I've got stories and video and audio and all kinds of cool stuff. But, 
um, just the simple process of doing it. But that that's what got me started for the for those kind of things. And uh, that's that's awesome. I my uh, my mother in law is a huge scrapbooker. She's in fact when my wife um, was moving out of the house to come live with me. Um, it, like within cr crates and crates of books <laughs> with, or it was like she's yours now and she turned her old room into a scrapbook room and it's still to this day she goes like conventions and stuff but she she did that for for jamie my, my wife um you know a chronicle you know from birth to basically when she moved out right um and, and she's good scrap a great scrapbooker yeah. um and it's just it's so I look forward to, to seeing that or that the cards she makes are always handmade type stuff. And it's just, ah, oh, it, it's great. So um, telling the story like that, and it's just now my daughter will, will pick it up and look at it. And it's just, it's something that, you you know, mother and daughter can share, um, you know, some of the similarities between the two of them or, uh, you know, what, what was happening here, mom and stuff. So um, what a way to, to chronicle it. So it's good. It's good. Um, so I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask or, or, you know, uh, talk a little bit about don't be using big words on this show, Jason. <laughs> That's fancy. Yeah. Don't be leaving me out. So, what do so you I, mean? You pay me the big bucks, man. <laughs> oh, the, Wait, you're getting paid. <laughs> Wait before you ask the question, okay? Because you just made me think right, it's another damn journal entry. I just I told you I was digging through journal entries. Um there was one I wrote and my 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 son had made the comment he was playing soccer and so I wrote down this funny shit that they say. He had asked me, he said uh he, he I don't know, he was maybe 10-year-old soccer, right? And he asked me, he said, "Hey, Dad, he said, do you think uh, th th they had two coaches, Coach John and Coach Jen? She was the assistant coach. He said, do you think Coach Jen gets a piece of the profits or does Coach John get to keep them all? Entrepreneur mindset already. <laughs> Damn, that's great. Like, that was a funny thing. Like, you think your team is kicking off a bunch of sports money? <laughs> So, so it was just funny. It's all the sponsorships, Dad. It's all the sponsorships. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, but you reminded me of that. So anyway, all right, go ahead. Big, all right. Big, big bucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's going to be kind of a buzzkill now. But <laughs> so when I was reading through your website, and I implore everyone to to do that when they're they're looking up Ken Wimberly, transparency is. It was so refreshing to see how you've marked and. Don't take this the wrong way, but you marked out, you know, the the timeline and and even your failures, right? And to be so honest and transparent about that, um, did that help you in in your healing process, or like what made you think I'm just going to put it all out there, world? You know, this this is me. What was that mindset when you were creating that timeline on your website, or um, you know, telling the world your story? Yeah, that's a great question. And man, since I have become much more in, in transparent with my life, much more just honest about the good, the bad, and the ugly, my life has dramatically improved. For like many people, I'm sure, for years, I lived with a lot of internal guilt, with a lot of shame. Um, 
remorse for mostly my own behavior. Maybe my own behavior was a result of other people's behavior, the way I was raised or different things. But um, I was just ashamed by it all. And um, eventually I kind of came around. I was like, man, you got to just be honest with yourself honest with others, honest with your ex-wife, honest with kind of everyone right there and, and, and put it all out there. And so there was a, there were some moments of uh, what, what, catharsis, you know, cleansing oneself right there and uh, putting it all out there. But man, what a weight lifted off my shoulders when I could just say, all right, this is me. This is who I was. This is who I'm trying to be. Like when I set that purpose of who I, when I defined my life's purpose of being that best possible example, it was more aspirational than anything, right? That was not necessarily who I was, but it's who I wanted to become. And that's helped me to evolve. And so um, part of that process has been just to be honest with who I've been. Um, I'm still and will continue to always evolve and, and get better and not be perfect and certainly have faults and failures. Um, but I, I think the level of transparency and authenticity um, has helped me immensely. And, um, you know, when you can start putting that out there and it's just who you are, um, like I'm not trying to impress anyone. And that, I think that's a big one. I'm not trying, there's, there's no one out there I'm, I'm trying to press and trying to make things up fancy. I'm not trying to put this facade up of, of me being someone that I'm not. And um, I just, I like myself a lot more as that person. By the way, I'm gonna show you just really quickly a book. In, in fact, I'm gonna send you guys both a copy of this book. So you have to email me your addresses and I'm gonna send you a copy of this book. It's called Lovable by Kelly Flanagan. Awesome. Have either of you guys seen this book before? No, no. Um, names like a fiend every time you <laughs> drop a yeah, name. Yeah, no, but I've been writing stuff down. <laughs> this, this book gets exactly to the heart of what we just talked about. And when I read it, I cried. I was like, oh my God, because the way he, he, he just explains how we get into that place of, of shame as a child, and it happens, is you guys have young kids, right? Oh, I've yeah. got a five-year-old right now. And I'm like, because when they're little, they're so perfect. They're, they're just lights from the world, right? They are just the light of God coming out and shining in the world. And then we, as parents, put in school systems and everything else, we kind of put shame into their lives, not intentionally. It's not like we're trying to... And, and I had never even thought through that until reading this. And I was like, oh, my God, you're right. That's what happens to all of us. And yep. then but he talks kind of about this journey of how we can kind of come out of that and into the to the I, the truth of ourselves. Yeah, and I, Jason and I were actually just kind of I, I think that has a lot to do with negativity and people really they don't they don't think they're being negative, but they're really being negative. And a lot of times. And I, I'm and I'm doing a I'm trying to be intentional about not uh, 
one, having people in my life that are that way. And then two, I'm trying myself to uh, portray a much more positive person and, and be positive, not just portray it, right? But to be positive. And I'm trying to do instill that in my children because I don't want them to be where I'm at and and, and then knowing that, you know, dealing with other people that way. So I think that negativity has a lot to do with shame. And, and the, and um, I'm always telling them, you know, uh, trying to teach humbleness is excruciatingly difficult. And uh, when we're playing board games or whatnot and stuff like that, and, you know, my, you know, my older son will laugh at the other, you know, my younger son, I'm just like, is that helpful? Would you like that done to you? You know, and I, I, and I'm, and I know I can say it in a better tone and I'm really working on it to not, to not, to not just to, to not like, you know, right on top of his head yeah. with a hammer, you know, type thing. But I, I, I'm with you. I, yeah, that, that shame that I, and I, I feel it on a, 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 yeah. And that guilt. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. You're speaking my language here. So when you read this, you'll be like, Holy cow, he has it dialed in so well. I was like, Kelly, your clarity has just blown me. I've since become friends with him since I got that's awesome. That's great. It's just amazing. So, yeah, you guys uh, reply to the email, give me your addresses, both of you, and and I'll send it to you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I want one last question and then a comment. All right. Uh, actively uh, practicing miracle morning, what is it? Really? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Ah. <laughs> it was something that caught my eye. I was like, Miracle Morning. I'm like, what is this? Oh, I'm so, wow. Uh, Miracle Morning Virgins. This is awesome. Um, <laughs> so I, I mentioned Hal Elrod earlier. Um, it's so weird that I, I'll start reading someone's book and then I'll meet them and then we become friends. And But Hal Elrod um, wrote this book called The Miracle, Mo- Miracle Morning. In fact, he's now written about 15 versions of the miracle morning go to amazon pick yourself up a copy of it in fact in two weeks i think december 11th or 12th they're having a miracle morning movie that's going to come out that kind of outlines his journey and all of that um google that too miracle morning movie and, and sign up and watch it but what it is Hal basically took these time tested practices that have been out for eons right they've been out since you Jesus and beyond Jesus and the philosophers and everything else right there. And, but he put, he put them together in a way that no one else had done before. And he, he used an acronym for it called SAVERS. SAVERS is silence, which is meditation, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and journaling, which it didn't go well with, with SAVER J. Yeah, so yeah. It's S for scribing, right? So for, for journaling. But it's the combination of doing those six things together each morning. It takes 30 minutes, an hour, however long you want to take in it. Um, but when one starts to do that kind of thing every single morning, it will change your life forever. It will forever change your life. So read that book. I There are, I mean, he's got a couple hundred thousand people in his community. That's awesome. That, are just rabid fans of the work that he's done because it's, it's changed your life. Yeah. So that's what it is. All right. I love it. I love it. All right. My, now my comment, how dare you think I need talking points and questions? Would you think we are professionals, Ken professionals? 
Uh-huh. It's for Darn. my own benefit. I, yeah, right. <laughs> uh no man this show has been awesome uh ken thank you so yeah. much i mean this has been phenomenal i i can i hope you'll come back um i feel like uh we could talk to you for another two or three hours and not even hit the tip of the iceberg uh, so I, I yeah i please allow me to echo brendan's sentiments um pleasure um to meet you absolute inspiration um, truly bottom of my heart. I, I really appreciate it. And, and that what you are doing and, and what you're providing, um, you know, folks in, in the sense of legacy of love, your transparency, your coaching and everything. It's just, it's awesome. Thank you, Ken. Well, thank you. And look, you guys being examples out there, running this dad's podcast, bringing folks on, thank you for what you're doing. This is, um, you know, Brennan and I talked a little bit yesterday or day before yesterday briefly, and uh, man, what a important mission! And I love seeing more and more really active, involved dads out there. Yeah. It was not always the case in years past, and absolutely, more and more we're seeing that. And you're bringing value to all those dads, so thank you. Thank you, thank you. Now, uh, Ken, uh, where can people get a hold of you if they need to, or uh, links? Uh, social media. I don't know if you want to hit your link tree up. What? Yeah. Um, well, I'm on Facebook um, at Lord Wimberly on LinkedIn, <laughs> Ken Wimberly CCIM on Instagram at Ken.Wimberly. So I'm all those places and you can find us on uh, on our website at legacyoflove.app.app. And don't forget to pick up the app, people. Yes. It's yes. a lot of fun. Yeah. I can- on the app store and the play store. So please go check us out. Yeah. There you go. All right. Uh, you know how to get a hold of me, Brendan at dadsww.com and, and Jason at dadsww.com. And of course, tell us how much you can't stand us. You know, we we don't mind. Hate mail at dadsww.com. We we love getting it. Come on. <laughs> uh uh, this has been a great episode. Uh I hope everyone enjoyed it as much as uh, as we have. Uh thanks for listening. Later. Dads worldwide. Loyal listeners, possibly you. you.